everybody. Welcome to the Art of Vibrant Living. I'm your host, Daniel Aaron, and I'm super psyched that we've got Chris Coomer on the show today, and I'll tell you about him in a moment. We've got an awesome show, and thanks to Longevity Drops, our sponsor. I'll tell you more about why those drops rock later on, too. And with no further ado, Chris Coomer, I first met uh, geez, wow, over a decade ago, and um, I, and I actually love telling this little bit of a story. It was because I was running my first ever yoga teacher training in Bali. So, in fact, it was 13 years ago, and uh, I had no idea, you know, that I needed to hire an anatomy specialist. I was like, oh, I'll talk about anatomy. I know enough about anatomy. But then I heard about Chris, and I was like, well, let's get that guy. He's an expert. And he came in and just blew me away, not only with um, his presence and ability to, to knowledge about anatomy, it was the way he brought it alive and brought it forward in a way that was um, not only really useful for, for me, and I thought I knew something about anatomy, and for our trainees, but also in a way that was exciting and compelling. I've never ever once seen it again where anatomy teacher um, get students to be like, yes, yes, we want more, get more of that guy. You know, people are alive and awake. And, you know, Chris has a fantastic, interesting background. This also brings a lot of personal knowledge and experience with yoga, which makes him especially applicable. And as you can see, and you will feel, he's also living vibrancy himself. And, and that's really, I think, what we're here to get into today is about how we can use anatomical knowledge to increase the quality of our life and our vitality. So enough said. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, thank you for having me. Really happy to be able to, to share with you a little bit of, of my enthusiasm. Yeah, right on. And, um, I, you know, I want to get you to tell um, our viewers a little bit about more about who you are and how you got here. First, so worth me saying that um, in case, y'all, today you get any technical glitches with my feed we're working that out and chris's audio is a little bit different than mine because he's in a studio there and as you can see he's got dr bones next to him as well please jump in and comment y'all say um who you are where you're at what your experience and knowledge of anatomy is if you want and i will be going through the comments later so if you've got any questions for me or you want to get in more contact with me or chris just uh, say so in the comments and we'll make, I'll make sure that we, uh, we reach out to you. So Chris, what's up with this anatomy stuff? Um, I heard it was horribly boring. How come you're into it and what, what good is it? <laughs> it was precisely because it was so boring. I always joke about it. I had to study this stuff three times. Because <laughs> it went past me every time. The, the books didn't make sense. The teacher was just so absent-minded and it wasn't applicable. Why do I need to know it if it doesn't make sense? And I was really into sports. So even earlier, let, let's start earlier, I did have scoliosis when I was a kid. So that in your, in your spine way goes sideways. And I learned through going to doctors and doctors and doctors with no help, nothing changed until I started doing exercises. I was prescribed yoga and physiotherapy to help my back, to help my physical abilities to support and hold myself. And it worked pretty quickly. Spine is straight. That got me really interested in studying. Well, what happened here? How can I be even better? How can I be more vibrantly alive, if you want to call it that, to lead my life very happily? Now, what do you do, right? I grew up in Germany and then you study medicine or you work in hospitals. And I did both of those and people were sick. That wasn't vibrantly alive. I only see them when they're not well. I went to, when I went and studied, the only way we could learn anatomy was on dead bodies. They weren't moving for one. Um, and, and certainly didn't look very vibrant either anymore. So again, it was not really giving me that information I was after, you see. Then I went and studied natural medicine. And all of a sudden, there we had this one teacher, and she got me into it. So that's why the third time, you see. And she picked up the desk. She was this, this younger doctor who was teaching and always wearing like muscle shirts, looked like this in, in class. And she was a canoeist. What am I supposed to do, canoeing or, or something like that? And she picked up with one arm, she picked up the whole desk that she was teaching on. Hmm. Said, 
That's the bicep. It's like, thank you. Now applicable. This makes sense. This is not only entertaining, but yes, that's how it relates. And all of a sudden, I saw a way of not only how to feed my own first interest in the subject, but also why not help other people? I've been teaching and training people in sports and movement since I was, was quite young. And that was the gap where I could actually get people to understand the why combined with my natural therapies to help educate my clients, my patients. At some point, putting that together with the yoga school I was um, practicing at, they asked me, I, you know all this about the body, you know all this about yoga, put it together, please be our anatomy teacher. This was like 18, 19 years ago now. And out of that came the anatomy show, and then I guess after some, some point then, that relatively unique combination also came past Daniel's ears and we started working together about 13 years ago. That's it in a nutshell. But yes, it's, it's the motivation that not only makes me excited to look for more detail, to find out more what's going on, but also how can I explain to someone what's going on, how to do it better, how to be more healthy and to, to keep increasing it rather than healthy as I just happen to not be unwell or I'm just not in hospital. Education is so important and, and being able to, to change your point of, of perspective to something of, yeah, like the same way how I, how I follow certain news feeds. I also want to know more about what's going on in here. There's so much news always to discover. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's all really well said. Thank you for giving a bit more of the background. I didn't know that story about the um, the canoe the canoeist teacher in the desk. That's a, that's a great example of it. It is another way to teach it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know something that just came to me I never thought of before. Well, two things in in what you said. One in terms of the news feed from inside, and one of my favorite quotations is. If you can hear the whispers, you don't need to hear the screams. And I often think of that in terms of psychological, emotional news feed, though, and it's just as valid and important on the physical news feed and the esoteric um, anatomical news feed. And relatedly, what I often think of what, what I do with people in the world is I am helping them to understand um, what's going on on the, the physical, emotional, spiritual level. Um, so that they can be optimal and you know and I think of it as as like giving people an emotional spiritual owner's manual for the human being which most of us don't get in our early education and you bring up the good point that on a physical level you know the most basic part of being alive in the human experience most people have so little knowledge of what's going on inside this amazing vessel so, you know, and, and you and I talk about this a lot, how it relates to yoga teachers. And it's pretty obvious someone comes to our training and they want to, you know, they want to be teaching yoga or they just want to go deeper into yoga. It's important to understand how uh, all these systems work and what's going on in the body. That's fairly obvious. What would you say, though, for some of our viewers today who probably, you know, maybe they're not into yoga necessarily or they're not going to be a yoga teacher for the average person, for sure the people that are here are interested in being vibrantly alive and thriving. Um, so, you know, what use is anatomy for them and, and what, what's the best that we can share with them today to help them up their uh, vibrancy game? Yeah, well, clearly you can be uh, quite alive without practicing yoga. It's just one tool to, to get there if that's your cup of tea, so to speak. But I, I like this analogy of like, how big is the manual that comes with a toaster. Yeah. A toaster, you put the toast in, you press the button, make sure you plug it in. Three steps max. Yeah. You get a manual, 30 pages and what else? 10 languages, simple. But on the other hand, see for, for humans, like when you're a kid or when you think of your parents, they have a baby and they're all alone. No manual, no instructions, nothing. So it's all, off the cuff, like, oh, your mom said so, or the neighbor suggests this, or something is going on, but we don't know. So we're really falling short as human beings on the structured education about how to be, 
how to move, how to hold ourselves, how to offset the gravitational effects, how to actually even value health in the way of health as being the possibility to be vibrant, to be excited about, I'm alive, this is awesome. And, and for that reason, no matter what you do, even if you have a job where you sit all day, you can feel really awesome sitting all day and how do you offset that? Maybe the stiffness in the lower back, the tension in the shoulders, your digestion, all of that can improve if you understand what it takes internally that's going on. And, and you know, like, hey, there's this little hack of, oh, if I don't slouch so my rib cage doesn't press down on my organs, then they can function better. So simply by sitting up a little bit taller, there is a huge, there it goes, right? <laughs> there's a huge change in the way your digestional function coordinating, uh, say, the way that you eat with what you're doing at the same time has by the nervous system, again, an effect on how your digestive system works. You don't need to be a yogi for that. But these are little things that I think with movement anatomy or living body anatomy, if I just organize a new word here, we can, we can really understand the body better and make use of that immediately transform that into practical applications into our own daily use to say, oh yeah, I notice a difference and it happens fast. Sometimes like this, yeah. like, oh, now I can breathe. Or, oh, that meal didn't sit so heavy. Oh, I'm not getting tired after eating as much. All these little things are usually fairly simple, obvious in many cases, adjustments we can make, adaptations, and the body is massively structured, organized to always adapt. That's how we function, adapting to all the challenges that come towards us. And if we understand how to move those adaptations, how to uh, enhance that, okay, this is what the body wants to do, let's help it. The body wants to help you, I'll help it, and we go places. So anyone can benefit when we approach the anatomy from the right angle. If it's about learn this Latin name for this bone, everyone's like, why? Not interesting. Not to me. I'd rather figure out like, yeah, but if I like to lift my arm into this wonky yoga pose and the arm doesn't go there, A, what can I do about it? B, is it actually a good idea? And C, how can I do this better without feeling? crammed up? How can I do this while still being free and light? And that's the anatomy I'm interested in. That's what I teach. Absolutely. That's all super well said, you know, and, and, I, and I know that um, our, our viewers watching this can even, even just, even without having us got into much detail about it yet, which is coming next, can feel how that knowledge translates into action and reality and improved lives. And all right, so I'm going to um, jump us in deeper now, though. One of the things that, as you know, a big part of my own work is working with people with breath and transformational breath. And I, so I talk about it and I educate it uh, about it a lot. And I, w I would, and you and I have had some great in-depth conversations about breath and the, the uh, subtler, deeper aspects of it. Would you, though, take, give a, um, a little basic instruction for people about... Um, about how breathing works, why it's important, and and maybe a little bit about what some people can do right now in order to enhance it. Sure. How many hours do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so the the basic thing is, is your breath is about how much energy can you fuel your body with? How alive do you want to be? And if you feel like yeah, I want to be a little bit more energetic. I want to be less tired and more able to do things. Then investigating what your breath is doing right now and what you can improve on it would be quite a logical step to move ahead. 
So we have a few different parts if we talk about breath. One is the movement of the air in and out of the body, where we have that part of the nose and all the passageways going to the lungs. And then we have that area of what we call gas exchange in the lungs themselves, where we need to transfer that which we inhale to the internal environment of the body. And then whatever goes on in there. So it's actually three steps. But basically, the, the one main part that everyone can already start with is, and, and here, where if, you're, if you're watching this right now, ask yourself, just observe, even if you need to close your eyes for a moment, where are you breathing? In terms of, do you breathe through your nose? In the nostrils here? Or are you breathing through your mouth? While it seems like, what's the big difference? It all ends up in the same lungs. There are, there are some, some crucial steps that you'll be missing where you're shortchanging yourself.
right, we are back. I hope you all are still with us. If you're just tuning in, go back and watch the first part of it or whatever you need to um, learn who Chris is and why what he is sharing right now is so important and actually will make your life better and your vitality stronger. Um, and on that note, actually, I'm going to pause before we go back into what you were saying, Chris, because um, it was awesome information. Though I want to say a word right now about uh, about our sponsor, Longevity Drops, because um, you know there are so many different ways to increase our vitality. And what, what you're sharing with us, Chris, is, is a lot about what we can do ourselves in terms of our breath and understanding this incredible vehicle that we come with. Part of what I love about longevity drops and herbal medicine in general is it's taking the, the wisdom and the power of nature and condensing it, essentializing it into something that's really easy for our system to absorb. And this particular blend that David created has some, some of the most powerful tonic herbs like Sistanch and Hoshu Wu and Cordyceps mushrooms, Chaga mushrooms. And then it's put together in a really high quality way with coconut glycerin, so no alcohol. It's got spring water, it's got ormus in it. Um, it's super powerful and it's just so simple to use. I do it every morning and evening, just you know, one dropper full under the tongue. And, you know, it's one of the great things, again, about tonic herbs is that they, they balance us. So if we need a boost, they boost us. If we need to relax our nervous system, they will do that, too. I highly recommend it and enjoy it. Great, And I love it because my daughter's, you know, the coconut glycerin is, uh, she's like, can I have more of that? Can I have more of that? All right. So check it out. And I will tell you a little bit more about about um, what Chris and I got cooking up with the teacher training that I'm leading and he's a part of at Omega in May coming up soon and Chris has got some cool offerings. But before we get into any more of that, you were saying, sir, about breathing and the three different levels of breathing and I'm not sure where we got cut off. So can you give a, a quick recap for our viewers? Sure, sure, sure. The first thing I thought, like, I was going to see, like, where's your tongue? Like, show us. <laughs> <laughs> you follow the dropper, and you're like, I want to see you using <laughs> Good. So, what I was talking about was how our respiration, our breathing, is happening in three different areas. One is the area of where the air enters the body, the other part is the area where the air is transferred from the lungs to the internal environment, and then also we need to look at how is it transferred within the internal environment because essentially we want to get the air or in this case the oxygen which fuels all your uh, energy consuming activities inside the cells. We need to get that oxygen to the cells. So these are the three parts in the body, into, from the lungs to the internal environment and to the cells, actually three steps. And we were looking at a practical application for everyone to try out what to do already in the first step. How can you increase your ability to use your breath more efficiently and with that get more, uh, say, energy out of it, greater health out of it, greater vibrancy. And that has to do with where you're breathing through, whether it's through your nostrils or through your mouth. When we're breathing through the nostrils, we'll get a whole host of different benefits attached to that. It's like buying an online product. Not only do you get this, you get that and that and that, all these bonuses, which you don't get if you breathe through your mouth. Now, when you breathe through your nose, the one part most of you are aware of already is, yes, there are hairs in our nose that many of you like to pluck out or whatever, but they are there also to trap larger particles the inside of your nose you probably know has some um, mucous membranes, so it's moist, wet on the inside, that traps as the air circulates all kinds of dust particles. Also, the inside of the air is very richly supplied with blood vessels. And these blood vessels come from the inside of the body somewhere to your nose and have warm blood. So also breathing through your nose means you have an air conditioning system. The air is moisturized and warmed up. 
that by the time the air actually finally arrives in your lungs, it is roughly around body temperature, which is 37, roughly around 37 Celsius. And correct me here, it's in cell and in, uh, what do you have? Fahrenheit in the States, right? Um, what's that, like 97, 96, something like that, body temperature? Yeah, 98. 98, close enough. Yeah, like one degree <laughs> in winter, maybe different. It fluctuates a little bit anyway. So you get your warming up, your air conditioning. You also have, which is kind of obvious, but we normally really don't bring that in, the sense of smell. When we think about sense of smell, there is a lot more going on than just, mm, smells good or not. This is a part of your brain that is literally sticking into you from the top of the nose into your nasal cavity and analyzes the airflow that's going through. That's a very interesting part, right? So the brain will register breathing in, breathing out, so with that has an evenness of rhythm. If we're breathing evenly, which you're bypassing, so the, the easing on the brain, yes, we're still in rhythm through an even breath. We lose when we breathe through our mouth, for example. Very interesting fact. The other one also very few people know is a substance that is produced in your nasal passages as well as in the sinuses. So those sinuses are cavities built into the bones around the nose, also here in the forehead, uh, simply so it's not too solid. Some, but also at a greater surface area, some people think it's uh, for resonance of the voice. What is produced in there is a substance called nitric oxide. Oh, is it dangerous? No, <laughs> not for you. Nitric oxide is, amongst other things, a relaxer for your muscles, the smooth muscles. So now we're getting to something that is actually really interesting. How many people these days have respiratory problems, allergies, down to difficulties breathing and asthma? Asthma has something to do with the constriction, tightness. When you breathe through your nose, the nitric oxide that you're naturally ventilating into your lungs there helps the blood vessels and also the air passages that all have little muscles in it to be more relaxed. So there have been some studies that figured that in childhood asthma, by educating the children to breathe through the nose instead of through the mouth, 90% of their asthma disappeared. So not only are you giving nice feedback to the brain by breathing through the nose, you're warming up, air conditioning it, you're filtering out stuff, you're filtering out pollutants, allergens, you're also keeping your body and the respiratory system more relaxed. Very simple. So which one were you? Nose breather, mouth breather. And what could you do to breathe more through your nose? And here's kind of like a catch-22 situation. When you're breathing through your mouth, because of that greater potential for constriction, your nose might be blocked more. So I can't breathe through the nose because it's blocked. So it's then slowly getting to that point of maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more becoming aware of it, noticing, oh yeah, I actually do have the potential to breathe through my nose, so let's try it every now and then. And then gradually that can also be helped. And there's a whole host of other techniques to, to increase breathing through your nose as well. That will be the first step. When we're talking about... Yeah, right on. That's... Um... Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll um, I'll pause you for just a second. Um, yeah, but that... looked like you had a question. <laughs> I wanted to interject something. Well, I'm gonna just amplify a bit of what you said. The and and you know breaking it down. There's a lot of really interesting stuff there about the benefits of nose breathing 
And, and, you know, it's, for me, it's really especially interesting because when I was a kid, I did have asthma and, um, and it was, for me, it was only when I got to transformational breath, um, a specific breathing technique that I actually fully healed from it and have never experienced it since then. And because so many, um, so many of my clients and students work with me on breath in a specific therapeutic form of breathing where we do breathe through the mouth for a very specific purpose for a specific time, it's probably worth um, pausing to help alleviate any concern that might come up for some of them. Because for me, when I work with clients and, and one of the you know, main things that people want in their lives is more energy. So for me, that's almost always the first thing that I go for with clients is like, let's get a breathing practice for you that you do every morning that brings you a rapid increase in vitality. And part of that, we use the mouth. So, and I know that you're not saying mouth breathing is always bad or don't ever breathe through your mouth. Obviously there are benefits and deficits to each one. Would you, uh, would you illuminate a little bit that distinction for us? Sure, there is a difference between habitually doing something and specifically doing something. Yeah, when, for example, like, hands up, if you can't see it, hands up if you snore. Yeah? You can only snore if you're breathing through your mouth, for example. So that means you're losing some of your potential for your health and your vibrancy when you know, usually somebody telling you, okay, like, dude, you snore, or yeah, you, you snore, right? <laughs> so that's, that's where we're losing some of our potential for vibrancy because of the mouth breathing that can happen at night. And restoring that, working with that can make a big difference. When we use mouth breathing as a specific technique, that is not habitually, unconsciously, long-term, but it's something that we do to elicit a particular response. And then we return to a normal nose breath at some point again. Yeah, perfect. That's great. That's really helpful. And um, would you say a little, just a little bit more before you go on in the next piece? Because I know you got a lot more, and I'm eager to get into it. What um, what are the detriments? What are the downsides of not breathing up to our capacity? And what are the benefits of uh, increasing our breath capacity and skill? <laughs> it's in, in, the, in the yoga world, it's, it's a huge field called, called pranayama, which is all dedicated or all about increasing your energy and your vibrancy. All about the, the way our nervous system deals with our life, if you want to call it that. So to, to take a little step back, Everything we do in life, everything we experience in life has a nervous system response. Either, to, to put it into, into very broad categories, either we like it or we don't. And with that comes the, oh, really joyful or like, and want to go and get away. So either in some attraction or some fear, if you want, or loathing. When we breathe in certain ways, you will notice that your breath is directly connected to your emotions. When you think of yourself in a particular emotional state, then you will have a particular type of breath. Just think of the, the sobbing of when someone is crying or when someone is laughing or when you're relieved, like, ah. Like all these types of breath are connected to a particular emotion. The, if we're breathing through our mouth in a non-purposeful way, that is usually associated with a state of stress. Particularly when we're uh, like, look at animals, when somebody will find the animal breathing through their mouth, they're overheated or they're sick. As humans, we obviously have a much greater capacity for expression, but it helps us to use breath 
to tap into different brain states, mental, emotional states. So in general, because of the larger volumes of air we can move through the mouth, that can get us more energetic as a, wow, I'm breathing more, so it fires up your energy producing or energy needing nervous system part and can get you more ready for action. Whereas the nose breathing can be more calming. So it is there we already have another choice all of a sudden. Okay, I feel like I need to get a little bit of action on it. Wow, yeah, let's breathe a little bit more volume that is moving, particularly that movement that can go into the ribcage area. And we're getting a little bit more um, energetic as a result. Whereas a calm nose breathing, nostrils, uh, even if you just, just take a look here, like the nostrils are definitely, imagine the middle of the nose and everything around there too, definitely smaller opening than the mouth. So smaller opening means there will be an overall lesser amount of air coming in, which is not so well suited to exhaustive exercise and with that help the body to calm down, if you use that little way to describe around it. Yes. When we're breathing in ways that help us to be more involved with our life. So to be present, as you observe how you breathe, you will notice that sometimes we're breathing into certain areas of the body and sometimes we can breathe into others. Meaning, what would happen when you're going somewhere and the person, like say a doctor's visit, they say, take a deep breath. Where, where do people take a deep breath? Is it up here in the front? <laughs> Quite high up in the ribcage. This is a rather small part of your lungs. Look at, look at this guy here. Ribcage tapers off towards the top. And then the heart lives in here as well. So we have a rather small part of your lungs here at the top. Whereas the largest part of the lungs is actually in the back. When we also combine that with gravitational effects, so water will always flow down. Blood being mostly water, you have the majority of the blood that's in your lungs to pick up that air, uh, that oxygen, sorry, from the air that you're inhaling and you're breathing high up, then we have a reduced exchange possibility in the lungs compared to someone who can breathe lower in the body. Does that make sense? It, it makes total sense, Chris, and that's, it's fantastic information. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really just those, sometimes those little bits of awareness that make such a profound difference in our life. And Something that I talk about with the breath a lot is you know, it being the primary source of our energy. If we increase our, our breath capacity even 20%, which we can actually do in one training session, that's 20% more energy every day for the entirety of our life. It's so powerful. And a little technical piece, I know some people are commenting that the audio is not so good on our show today, and sorry all about that. Um, we are doing our best to work that out right now. And I am also aware that, Chris, you have so much valuable information. We're going to have to come back for more. We're never going to get anywhere near what we have to offer today. And hopefully next time we'll, we'll have a different microphone for you too. And um, but let me pause and say this. If, um, you offer, well, one way that people can get more of you is by joining us at at Omega for my, my Vibrant Living Yoga teacher training in May. Um, and that's an incredible time because when, when Chris is there on that, he gets to go in, in depth and in person and to work with people live and to do real experiments with the body and learn how it goes in the 
midst of the yoga training. It's such a powerful experience. Um, and what other ways can um, people get in touch with you, Chris, or find out more of what you're doing? Really easy. My website is anatomyshow.com. You can find me there. And on Anatomy Show, you can see where all the perfect. That's great. You can see where I'm holding workshops and, and where you can, you can join me there as well. Find me on Facebook on Anatomy Show, and there's also a YouTube channel, Instagram, Anatomy Show, all that. But yeah, go and, and, and say hello. Come and, and come by for workshops or leave your comments on those pages. Yeah, fantastic. Um, it's such a, it's such a gift. <laughs> yeah, well, I really hope people do come and join us uh, live at Omega because, you know, it's one thing for us to be able to talk about it here. Um, and then it's another thing to get the, the interaction and the hands-on learning experience of it. Um, and um, I, I, got a, I got another question for you about breath, and then we probably need to wrap up pretty soon because time is flying by as it always does with us. Um, for any of y'all that want to connect further with me, you can also find me on my website at danielaaron.com if you're interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching, more information about the events, um, the yoga teacher training, or the four-day vibrant life activation, um, or astrology. And I'm going to tell y'all now, even though you can't see it, something that I'm super excited about is I've been working for, uh, well, 23 years to develop the material and the curriculum for how to be vibrantly alive and learning from masters like Chris and applying it to myself. Um, and and working with clients on trainings and events that cost thousands of dollars. And I'm just about to launch something brand new, which is a mentorship membership. I think of it as a vitality club. And what that is, is where people can pay just a tiny amount really compared to what it costs for other things for us to meet live twice a month. Plus I give all the curriculum and interviews and I'm just so excited about it with the way that technology has provided us with the opportunity to work together in such powerful ways that are so affordable and so easy. So if y'all are interested in that, um, just send me an email, daniel at danielaaron.com, and I'll put you on the preview guest list because we're about to announce it and it's going to fill up quick. All right, enough said about all of that now. And Chris, given that our time is flying by and yes. there's so much more that I want to ask you, uh, you know, I'll just turn it over to you. What What do you think is the most uh, beneficial, important thing that our viewers can get right now in terms of their breath and their vitality? Learn. But if you're, if you're really interested in becoming more breath aware, notice where you're breathing. I, I alluded to that quite early in, in this, this little show where I said, like, hey, if you just lift your ribcage off your abdomen off your belly then you create a lot more space find the mobility find the ease whenever you're going for space ease and relaxed breath you will do better anything that we force usually is something we need to push against and that will lead to more constriction and will actually necessitate you to breathe more and harder and becomes like a vicious circle of stress. So wherever you find yourself sitting or lying down, whatever you're doing right now, do you have the space for your abdomen to be relaxed enough? Or can you create more that your breath softens? Something for you along the way. Once you find that the softens a little bit, you might recognize there are different ways of where you can breathe in the body. Here's one to, to conclude this one little story of how I realized how multifaceted breath can be. Was in the very first hospital I worked in, it was part hospital and part rehab clinic for respiratory illnesses. In that clinic, there were breath workshops. And the person who was running the breath workshops was working with all these people with asthma, emphysema, and, and different problems, and was talking to them about, notice how you can feel a cooling, cooling waft of air coming into your lungs when you're breathing. And 
People were then able to direct their breath lower into the lungs, to the left more, to the right more, to the back, because the muscles that allow us to breathe actually help us to direct the breath into different areas. As you learn this, you will be able to breathe more fully, more efficiently, and with that, really up your vibrancy while keeping the stress out of your nervous system. Play around with that. You breathe all the time, nothing done extra, nothing lost. You can only get more alive and more vibrant. Mm. Yeah, Chris, that's um, so useful and helpful. And I often say to people, the you know, it's so obvious that the breath is such a miracle because it's one of the few things that we could completely ignore our whole lives or we can take charge of at any moment. Um, and, you know, just the, the few tips that you've given us today are so helpful. And I look forward to uh, us getting together, well, soon in May, live in person. And um, if you're up for it, I'd love to do another another call like this with a, we'll get a little better technical aspect of it too and we can get deeper into it. So with that said, I'm going to bring yeah, us to a- so much more to look at. It was just like the question on the surface, so to speak. Yeah, it's just, it's a miracle. And I'm so grateful to you, Chris, for, you know, all the work you've done to learn this stuff and also to be able to bring it, um, bring it forward in such a way that it's alive for people and they can use it and it's fun and it it's in, um, it's a real incredible level of mastery and generosity that you bring to us. So thank you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Thanks well, and, uh, I love sharing. It, it's fantastic. It's such a blessing that we can come together for a higher purpose like this in our lives. Um, and thanks to Longevity Drops for helping make it happen too. And most of all, viewers, friends, Vibrant living people, God, yogis and yoginis, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, for being interested in longevity and life and vitality and vibrancy. The work you're doing, the knowledge you're taking on, that's what's uplifting the world. It's super powerful. So thank you for being here. I'm your host, Daniel Aaron. It's been the art of vibrant living and it shall be the art of vibrant living. Next week, by the way, we have a common friend of ours, uh, Mr. Edward Clark, who is one of the pioneers in the yoga world, a fascinating, amazing character who's got a knowledge and experience level that's unparalleled in the entire yoga world. Super exciting to have him here. So with that, thanks, y'all. Thanks to Tom for setting it all up for us. Chris, talk to you soon. Thanks. See Bye, you everybody. Thank you for having me. Good luck to everyone. Keep reading. <laughs> Breathe well. That's part of my